see. I got some questions here. All right. So this one's a big spoiler because it's literally, I think, like the second to last issue of Lost Light. Okay. I want to know, maybe you can't answer this. What happened to Grimlock and the Decepticon baby? Because we never see them again. I'm laughing because you've got these people listening in thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll learn something about the writing process. And then we've got a hyper-specific continuity question. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, they uh, the baby was... they uh, Connie, the baby. They, uh, Connie, yeah. Oh, uh, that's adorable. <laughs> they, I think there's a, there's a throwaway line in the last issue. And they're going to take it, I think, to the curator. They're taking it back to yeah, back to the curator to look after. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know whether the scavengers ended up being kind of adoptive parents for it, but uh, yeah, it's it, there's a little throwaway reference. I'm sure Grimlock. Grimlock's kind of like a de facto uncle or something for, yeah. for, for Connie. I'm sure. I really liked. I guess I really liked. Grimlock never actually like reunites with the other Dinobots for the whole rest of the series after Maximum Dinobots. It was just yeah. such a weird, like possibly editorial oversight, maybe just a bunch of different people writing it. Nobody ever thought, let's put them back together, or maybe it was just a conscious choice. But I liked the almost, I guess, purposeful defiance of what you would expect. Yeah, it was, I think... <clears throat> Maybe if, I mean, by the time, you know, Lost Light was coming to an end and its sister title was coming to an end, the whole IDW continuity was coming to an end and there was a mass reboot. So as we approached those last stories, you know, we, we knew it was being wrapped up. Had things carried on, you know, had, had John and I, John Barber and myself, you know, moved away and the continuity had rolled on, then probably inevitably there would have been a Dinobot reunion. But as it is, you know, we got to... Uh, yeah, I, I, and I, I was conscious of that at the time, actually, because I was, I was actually preempting. I was anticipating people saying, oh, I don't like that Grimlock's decided to stick stick with the scavengers. You know, he, he, his bond with the Dinobots is so great. Surely he'd, he'd seek them out or vice versa. But uh, I didn't see that. Maybe it was said, but I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah I think, I, I think, as I said, I think we, we benefited from... Um, well, actually, generally, you know, there was there wasn't much editorial interference. I think there was some, you know, it's a toy title, and uh, it's got to sell. Well, actually, I, I, I was going to say it's got to sell toys. <laughs> the IDW toy titles never really had that purpose. Not like the eighties when the comic was designed to sell toys. But you know, that said, there would be kind of promotions. You know, Hasbro. I think we the Dark Cybertron was to celebrate the thirtieth anniversary of Transformers, and the twelve issues. Actually, I think sixteen issues in the end were going to be in the uh, toy boxes. You know, they were going to be uh, boxed with the toys themselves. I and so there was certain, Yeah. And so for that run, there was certain, you know, uh, character X needed to be in, in a certain issue. But outside of that, there wasn't much sort of pressure. Having said that, I'm now remembering that there were things like Combiner Wars, which was a... I don't know how... For, you, you, you're, you're a toy guy, yeah? Of Transformers. Yeah, then, I, have, I have some. I was always more of comics and shows. Okay. Movies. Uh, Fair dues. So... Yeah, so there was some in the in the twenty tens, there were various kind of Transformers sublines, and uh, and John Barber was more than me tended to uh, to write stories that kind of reference that. I think he kind of took one for the team there because more than more than meets the eye, the way it, the story it's telling is more kind of detached from the rest of the Transformers universe. So they're off doing their own thing. Anyway, I uh, I'm scampering off in a different direction, but you asked me about the Dinobots. There you go. Excellent. I love it. We love tangents here. Um, we love, yeah. I heart that, tangent. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's 
pretty much all the writing advice stuff mm. I wanted to ask. I would like to move more into asking just, I guess we already have into some more transformer specific sure. nerdy type stuff, getting your opinions on things. So, you know, if you're listening for the writing advice, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Please continue by all means. At this point, I don't think spoilers, it's a couple of years old. You know, if you, if you yeah. want to go in no spoilers, you can track down the issues and do it. But I often enjoy reading something after being spoiled to know if I like it. Yes. So, good point. Good point. Yeah. You know, it depends, but you know. So feel free to stick around and later at the end, we'll have a little bit where we talk about what, well, I guess we can just do it now. Yeah. James, what are you working on now? What's, what's coming up in the future? Anything you're excited about? Well, so I feel, I feel this is kind of like a shocking reveal in the context of the, of this podcast, but so I, I've always been a writer alongside other things. So I've all, you know, it's always been something I've done around my function, my occupation. So um, the day job, if you like, is running a charitable foundation. So that that takes up my time. And um, in one sense, it, I'm lucky because it means, you know, that's that's how I survive. That's how I earn money and comic work. You know, I can I can pick up and put down even the, even if I'd love to be writing comics all the time. It is it's a sort of has to take a kind of second place to to the day job. Um, so what I've been doing is, I mentioned them earlier on, actually, I've, I've, I've been putting out sort of more than meets the eye adjacent material. So last year, and again, this year, I published the more than meets the eye diaries, which is 100% about process. So it is kind of behind the scenes. I didn't, you know, at the time, you know, I was churning out these notebooks and capturing all my ideas and then refining them and reorganizing them because that's how, that's my approach. That's how I write. Um, and I didn't have in mind that in the years to come, they would be a good, well, to my mind anyway, they would be a good kind of source of material. People would be interested in knowing you know, where these things came from. So volumes one and two cover season one. That's issues one to um, 21, um, 22 even. And then volumes three and four, which came out a few months ago, they cover season two. So that takes us from After Dark Cybertron through to the end of More Than Meets the Eye, the comic. Next year, volumes three, sorry, volumes five and six, the last two, will cover the Lost Light era. So that's kind of season three. Issues one to 25 of Lost Light. So they're, they're doing their own thing. But I did a bit of work for a computer games company, a bit of world building work a couple of years ago, but I don't read really, nothing similar on the horizon. I am working on now a book which looks at Transformers fanzines and the the fall and rise of fandom in the 90s. Because now, see, I know because before we started this re recording, we were talking about how you got into the comics. And so I've got a rough idea of your age and you are you are you are a tiny, you're a tiny little child. You are you're like seven years old. I don't know what it is relative to me, old and wizened. So I was there at the start and I was there when Transformers seemed utterly dead. You know, the American comic was cancelled. The toy line was cancelled in America. The British comic came to an end, you know, and your older listeners will know your, your younger listeners may not. But there was a time that when a toy line or a comic or a franchise ended, that was the end, you know, with the exception possibly only of Star Wars and Star Trek when something and Doctor Who, actually. Outside of that, it's gone. It's gone. So when Transformers started to decelerate and enter into kind of like the show morbid symptoms, we all thought as fans, well, that's that's it. And actually, that's why we 
set up a fan club and started writing fanfic and started doing fanzines because it was it was ours now you know if we wanted to continue enjoying this then we had to become the creators so this book which will be out in the summer it's kind of like a coffee table photo reference guide to fanzines of the 90s because fanzines are my big other obsession but thank you but it also takes a kind of forensic look at the decline of the brand and then through g2 was a full start but then through beast wars and beast machines how it how it climbed up again so uh, that's my that's my next project that's non-fiction then uh, beyond that i keep speaking to you know my collaborators nick roach or jack lawrence we from time to time we talk about we should we should do something again we should do a, a creator own thing so that's still it's distant it's half formed but that's the plan i haven't turned my back on comics i, I want to do something again that is wonderful everybody should buy that book when it comes out i'm gonna buy that i would have bought <laughs> the, the lost light more than me see i notebooks but uh. I spent all my money that summer stormlight archive miniatures oh well i mean how i've heard that excuse many times fair enough yeah it's like that's the oldest excuse in the exactly <laughs> yeah come up with something new please goodness yeah. me i think uh i have a recommendation for you based on all the stuff you've said you liked uh you ever yeah. read mortal engines well actually i have uh, the first one anyway which has got one of the all-time great opening sentences hasn't it yeah it was a a dark and blustery day and the city of london was chasing a small mining town yeah i mean you just those are so good you just need to just pour yourself a drink after you've written that one you know take take the day off after you've written that wow (laughs) yes Yes. good cool you 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 guessed correctly that's a good yeah i mean and Um, and, you know i've got two kids two boys and that's a great way of, of learning about new sort of new stuff how i came across mortal engines was reading that to one of my sons so uh lovely yeah good book good yeah, that's, book that's really good and there's three others in that series uh, yes there's an anthology and then there's a prequel that's three books has it been made into a it must be is it in development hell or something they're making a tv show of it or something or a film i wish i wish they would they made a movie yeah. oh that's it right 2018 it was horrible it was what? a horrible, horrible movie. <clears throat> well, as you as you could tell from my hesitancy, I'm like, I'm sure I was thinking to myself, I'm sure they made a movie, but I have no recollection recollection of it at all. It didn't register at all in yeah, my nobody consciousness. Nobody should watch it. Just go read right. the books and yeah. pretend that they made a good movie. It'll cut like like we said earlier. You know, I, these days IP's never allowed to die. I'll yeah. find another one. I'll give it another um, go. Yeah, but I I gotta recommend that to everyone listening. It's it's yeah really good and i feel like if you like more than me see you'll like this um, yeah what about you think you'll ever do any let me see you think you'll ever do any other uh, transformers work yeah i mean i never say never it was i think lost light came to an end more or less at the right time i mean i'd always planned to if i if i had my way it would have been 100 issues you know there would have been a fourth and final season 100 issues 100 issues all together so we got to about 80, if you count the two two series together, we're talking about issue eighty mid eighties or something. So yeah, one more season to take us to a hundred would have would have wrapped it up. But that said, there was only a few things that I had to drop to to wrap it up early. So it's probably coming to an end more or less at the right time. I've always said I'm not one of those people that's kind of I've turned my back on it and I and I've you know I, I still love Transformers, but I would only come back if I felt really confident about the story that I had to tell. You know, I, I'd need to be, which I guess on one level is obvious, but, but you know, I've seen it happen with other people, not in Transformers, but, you know, 
that you end up just going through the motions. They're just, you know, it, it's diminishing returns. And I never want that to happen with Transformers. So, uh, yeah, if, uh, if, if an idea grabbed me and I thought, God, this is this has got legs, then I'd probably pitch it to Skybound. Yeah. And they'd oh. say, who are you and why are you? We don't accept solicitations. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to think they would know, you know <laughs> what series you did since they're writing it now. But I guess you can hardly be expected to know every comic series and writer that you're well, yeah, got five year old. But this is it. Guys. Yeah, this is it. A lot of content. Yeah. Let's see. I'm this is big spoilers. This is the end of more than meets the eye, but they end up going doing the the super jump thing and splitting themselves to do like they send a version of themselves into another universe yep and quite likely they've done that several times since i (laughs) might imagine just you know what is one possible version of them gotten up to in your mind well you know there was a i said earlier that idw's continuity was coming to an end It, it did come to an end with lost light and and Optimus Prime, which was John Barber's comic. Right. Uh, and then there was another, they started in 2018, there was a kind of IDW2, uh, a fresh start, because by that point, you know, 13 years had passed, so the good jumping on point and stuff. And that lasted until 2022. And that was when IDW knew that they were going to lose the license altogether and it was going to go to, well, to Skybound, as it turned out. And IDW got the old gang back together. It, it got the, the kind of main writers over the last 50, well, by that point, 18 years. And said, let's do a, because, I mean, God, everyone does a multiverse thing these days. It was, it was slightly more novel. Well, God, only slightly back in, heck, you know what? Was it only 2022 when it finished? Anyway, forget it. Um, there was a, the plan was to do a kind of a big, a splashy multiverse finale. And so there was going to be the return of the uh, Lost Light through the whole that the story itself was going to kind of play off it was going to be very megatron centric <clears throat> and there was going to be the lost light were going to be inserted into either into either transformers the movie or the unicorn war from the original comic you know so they were going to interact in those kind of famous uh, events and uh, and i was like reticent at first and then they kind of said look we, get, we, we kind of want to use the lost light anyway so you know and i said well i'll, I'll i would like to write it then and then it it, it was it was evidently never happened in the end for various reasons. It just, it was called, oh God, what was it called? I want to say, it's not collision. Is it collision course, collision point? This is terrible. This is my degrading brain. Anyway, uh, it didn't happen. And when when they said, oh, it's not going to happen anymore, I felt a sense of relief because I actually, I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm pleased that well, I don't have to, you know, I like those characters having their adventures off screen, off page, whatever. And fun fact, when the original version of that very last issue, 25 of Lost Light, rather than having the words at the end, at the very end, they were just going to have the words over to you. Because the idea was, you know, fan, you know, fanfic authors of the world unite, you know, you, they're yours to play with now. You decide what, what they do next, you know, which is what happened to me back in the early 90s, you know, and eugenicists. And I got to tell my own stories and it was time for you know a new generation of fans to tell their own stories about lost lights so so in in answer to your question they do everything in every possible universe in every combination thanks to fans probably probably futzing around this universe somewhere yeah exactly yeah in the uh yeah yes i suppose yeah because the universe that that they're in is isn't too dissimilar from ours we know you'll know as a reader that you know community exists in there and, and other sitcoms so it's uh 
it's kind of it's at a, it's a right angle from our own. Yeah, it's it's nice. I I like how you ended it. I thought it was as someone who followed along, you know, for what? Yeah. Like, what did you say? It would have been like five years since I. Yeah. Yeah. It. And I would, you know, I would spend like hours just, you know, I I don't think anyone else at the library ever had a chance to check out those books because <laughs> I always had them out. I would reread them, you know, for hours and hours and hours, pouring over every little detail and trying to figure out what does this mean foreshadowing <laughs> that was always a big thing for me was um giving giving readers their money's worth you know um, well, i i certainly got my money's worth because i really just enjoyed those it's still to this day my favorite comic of all time yeah well thank you very much that's that's, that's unexpected but it's very appreciated mm-hmm. i was just thinking actually um i was there's me having a poke at stephen moffat before and saying about his kind of pathological fear of writing a, a mundane sentence I, ca- I can sympathize to an extent in that and i always i'd always worry about like decompressed storytelling we, i grew up in a world where well you know the i don't know about these days but in the in the 2010s in particular and the late noughties there were so many you know six-part miniseries or six-part story arcs that could have been compressed into two issues you know and yeah. i'm not against that reflexively because there is there is definitely a role for space and and a, and a different kind of pace in in comics of course there is but t- all too often from my perspective you know you were just stretching a story you were stretching a two-issue story over six issues and you know you'd sit down and you've read the comic in four minutes you know so i i wanted to go back to the comics of my youth where particularly british comics where things were packed in you know yeah, when I did the outline for Siblings, originally Siblings of Steel, it was like 50 issues long. And I was like, this is yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm going to make a lost light of my own. I'm going <laughs> to. And then I was, you know, I worked on it for a few years and I was like, you know, I don't want to spend the next 20 years of my life <laughs> on this story <laughs> yeah. that I love. It's it's a delight to tell, but I was able to condense it down quite a bit. And then I condensed it too far and I was like, this isn't fun anymore. And then I re-uncondensed uh, it. That's uh, interesting. To... A more manageable size. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, like a, like a concertina, finding the right the right balance. Yeah. You know what I would like to ask is, what would you do if Paramount called you and said, James, gosh darn it, we just we just like that little comic you did. We thought it was cute. How would you like to just write the Transformers cinematic universe? Well, I would have. To, yeah, I mean that would not be a difficult response from me i wouldn't need time to think about it that would be that sounds like great fun okay i'll hop on a plane and we'll get going you know if only because if only because every yeah if only because every single facet of every well-established ip is kind of as i said earlier kind of strip mined for content that i'm sure you know maybe somewhere somewhere eventually elements of more than i might bleed into some other media i don't know i mean tarn has found he's appeared in um, animation in yeah in cyberverse and earth spark there's a few references well there's a reference to the spark flower in earth spark so i mean it's the nature of transformers i'm not i'm not i'm not ascribing anything special to me it's just you know it, it cross-pollinates and all right myself included all writers you know look look to what's gone before and think i'll i'll riff on that or borrow that or whatever so as you said earlier there's kind of nearly a decade's worth of transformers comics from from last under the records through to lost light and there was a lot of world building in there. You know, I, I went out of my way, hopefully, 
more successfully than not but i went out of my way to kind of add layers to the mythos and introduce new ideas and so if there's a life beyond more than meets the iron lost light it's hopefully in those in those ideas kind of finding finding root in other in other iterations of transformers that's really cool yeah what do you think about the movies what's what did you think about the newest one i i liked it a lot i like I liked it well enough. I think Bumblebee. I like Bumblebee, and I like the first one. The the second, third, four. I haven't seen the fourth and fifth actually. I like the Bumblebee one because not only was it, you know, it's. I just liked the feel of it. I liked the vibe. I liked the, the fact it was set in the eighties. It was very. There we go again. Character driven. I liked the scale of it, uh, and I liked that there was Smiths references in it. So that was, you know, all my all my favorite things coming together in one. And Rise of the Beasts, I liked it well enough. I, yeah, I, I think I was in a minority in that lots of people I know really liked it and, and good, you know, and that's, that's, that should be a rule for everybody. Now, I don't get it when people get pissed off because other people like stuff. It's like, well, it's not causing you any harm, is it? So uh, anyway, yeah, I, um, there were parts of it which were great. And a couple of years now, I'm trying to expand on that critique and I can't, I can't latch onto anything which I loved or hated about it, which probably says, says yeah. it tells out its own story, doesn't it, really? Yeah. I think what it was is it, like, I was really worried because Bumblebee was so good and then there was like two years where they just didn't say anything, right? Yeah, yeah. There was no news. And I was like, well, it didn't make as much, but I hope, you know, they're going to like continue with this and not just go back to the Michael Bay stuff. And I think they found a good balance because I, I think what a lot of people wanted was more of that, you know, big action dynamic set pieces, all that stuff. But people yeah. really responded to how character driven Bumblebee was. Yeah. Um, and I think they found a pretty good marriage of that in Rise of the Beasts. I I think it came together as a, I really liked the characters. I yeah. I thought they did a really good job, but I think it could have, I think it suffered from having too many cooks in the kitchen. That's just my guess. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it was trying to do a lot of things, wasn't it? And uh, I think the bigger, the kind of almost ex existential question for the producers of those movies, and I use that term in the broad sense, is you know, how do you tell, how do you tell, what story can you tell in a Transformers movie that doesn't feel sort of very MacGuffin-y, you know? You know, when it's, cause you need to have huge stakes, you know, it's usually got to be a sort of world-threatening event, and they, by their nature, these, well, I say by their nature, they are supposed to go into, into disguise, but generally speaking, you know, they're, they're larger than life, these giant robots, you know, how, how can we have them interacting in in our world in a in a sort of compelling way which doesn't involve them chasing artifact x you know so that's yeah. the and that's why actually i think transformers one i'm really interested to see how they how they what story they tell there i mean i know yeah. i know the broad outline, but you know that isn't that that's that's transformers in their own environment so you know you'd be exciting yeah yeah i'm looking for looking i'll be i'll be there for that for sure and you know i just i'm very pleased that the cinematic franchise you know rolls on because it's you know it's kind of like tent poles for the for the franchise overall yeah you know? I'm, I'm glad they just announced you know we are still doing eight and nine or you know rise of the beasts two and three yeah because yeah. i feel like you know now like yes the the last one you know did just okay box office wise but when you don't release a movie for five years i think people tend to forget about it a bit you know so Hopefully having yeah. now just one after another will be 
able they'll be able to build up some momentum with just some really solid movies yeah absolutely there's something to be said i mean the the the, uh, the doctor who experience is probably quite useful i mean we talked before about russell t davies coming back and he has very deliberately almost ruthlessly kind of recalibrated it for a mainstream audience again now he is he's thinking well i need to get casuals back i need to get casual fans and lapsed fans back and it's not a bad discipline to have and with any long-running kind of franchise you know you've always got to get the next generation of kids you know you want you want kids in playgrounds to be talking about transformers movies again so um yeah yeah i think also they don't they they shouldn't be afraid to do like a bumblebee every now and then just i would like if you know they sat down and said well here's our five-year plan right yeah and we have like transformers the big rise of the beasts everything comes together climactic movie you know and that you could have like three of those right and that could be your main trilogy like avengers you know and then just do a few little weird one-offs, right? Like do a, a Bumblebee or or do a like Ultra Magnus. And it's a six-episode series on Paramount Plus that is like him hunting down a criminal. Like a completely different genre. Yeah. And, you know, it could be on Earth. It could be in space. Just something weird that like then sets up, let's steal from IDW, Scorponok, right? And then yeah. you know, Scorponok is the big villain of Transformers 2, Electric Boogaloo. You know, and I... I don't think it would be hard, but I, I feel like it would be because there's so much money on the line. And I understand as like, you know, a Paramount executive, right? You would be a little bit nervous to take yeah. such a weird risk. And and a lot of them feel like they have to get involved, right? To not, you know, to make sure they're not wasting money and stuff. And then it ends up with like seven different main writers and all these things. And Yeah, it gets over overwritten, over-engineered. I think um, also the Obviously, it's expensive, you know, properly rendered, convincingly rendered CGI robots yeah. aren't cheap. But uh, and also, you know, you don't you know, you, you like to think that audiences haven't been conditioned into expecting, you know, always expecting like a threat to the unit, you know, threat to the universe, threat to the world. If we could move away from the militaristic aspect of it, you know, with, if we were to do kind of TV shows, you need mm-hmm. to say re-educate. That sounds sinister. Mm-hmm. You, need to, you need to persuade the audience that actually smaller scale character-driven stuff is viable and is engaging and is worth watching and maybe then from a cost perspective it's easier to do i yeah because like it doesn't have you could do you know it doesn't have to be in like if you did like ultra magnus or whatever it doesn't have to be like the first scene could be in space right but then he gets to earth and you could just do it like maybe set it in the middle east or or in like japan or you know do something interesting right make it multi I like it when yeah. the movies get, you know, interesting and multicultural and they, you know, you have different interesting protagonists. I thought Rise of the Beasts was really cool because I, you know, you get to see some like different perspectives and yeah. different, you know, colors of people and, and like they go to Peru and I'm like, how many movies take place in Peru that aren't made yeah. in Peru? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we know that it won't be allowed to die. They'll, they'll um, quite rightly, they'll find new ways to, to produce more stuff. And then, you know, and also because it's not quite as, as I can't quite be glib and say all oh, that, you know, there's there's room for failure, but it is so valuable, a franchise. And if there's a misstep or something doesn't quite work out, well, you know, let's hope they'll learn from it and they'll do something different, but not kind of panic and sort of, OK, rush back to the uh, to the tried and tested stuff, because then you get kind of it can get kind of Star Warsy there, you know, where yeah. uh, anticipate what fans or what they think, what fans think they want. Yeah. 
very proud of them for not, you know, the movie didn't make $10 billion. So they just scrapped the whole idea. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's exciting times. Yeah, it is. It is. I also just wanted to say, I really like earth spark. I mean, that show is really good. Yeah, no, it's, um, and that, well, that's, see, that's, that's a good, a good example of it's familiar, but different, you know, it is, it's, it's, in fact, it's, it ticks a lot of the boxes that we were referencing before, you know, it's, it brings it is designed to bring in you know, new fans. It's a good entry level show. It's got a lot of heart. Yeah, I think it's um, it's almost it's almost universally loved and and uh, and rightly so. Yeah, double thumbs up for Spark. Yeah, it's it's just delightful. I, I I don't know. I I thought I was kind of shocked by like how well the Terrans are characterized. You know. Yeah. Because I think yeah, I, May May Cat is is attached to it anymore, but um. You know, I know she's written some fantastic. Uh, obviously, Nick Roach, my partner in crime, is responsible for many of the designs, so it looks amazing. Did you say the um, name of the first person again? I, I didn't quite catch. May May Cat M A E C A T T. So, yeah. I know she's at least partly responsible for some of the um, Terran uh, characterization yeah. uh, and the hu- human characters too. Yeah. It is seriously hard to you know just introduce a bunch of new characters and be like. All right, we know you like these old characters, but we're gonna like just focus on these new characters. <laughs> That's yep. really hard to do and get people to connect to them. And I, I, I feel like I really love all those characters. Now. Yeah, I really and... like hashtag because she's written well, but also because she has the same voice actor as Artemis from Young Justice. <laughs> okay, but I mean, this is what we're talking about. It. Sorry, you've got to be able to. You've got to be able to bring in new characters. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd just be reheating Bumblebee and G One forever. You know, yeah. and I like Bumblebee and I like G1. But one one of the best things about Transformers to me, and one of the reasons why it's a like it's a juggernaut franchise is because it's expansive. You know, it is it is there's a, there's literally a universe of characters and places and situations. So you know, you can you can keep on keep on mining it. Yeah, but I think the true future of Transformers is a live action, big budget CGI uh, bot bots. You know, think like Alvin and the Chipmunks, but it's bot bots. See, I I was trying to read your expression then, because you know what, you know, weirder things have happened. But um, I did think I, that show was cute, though. Well, this is, this is I mean, I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I'm I'm alive when you can get you know bot bots at one end, you know, rise the beasts at the other, and whatever. You know, there's there's room for it all. And if you don't like, and and I don't know if there's anybody that loves it, all of them. But you know, if you don't like this, well. There'll be something else out there that you enjoy. Yeah. I this is like a pipe dream. I hope they do a Transformers Sonic movie crossover. Really, oh, yeah. I like the Sonic movies. I like Transformers the the movies. And they're both by Paramount, right? So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Wow, I mean they, they love smashing IPs together, don't they, these yeah. days? So... And Sonic's whole thing is smashing evil robots. So There you I go. Just right. Feel like that's a no You have Optimus, he's like Freedom is the right of all sentient beings, and Sonic's like, and chili dogs. <laughs> well, there you go. That's your next project. Get that. Get you, oh yeah. Not... Hope you're ready for some unsolicited uh, solicitations, <laughs> Paramount. Mm. I'm a, I have. Uh, I, I'm going to have you uh, vouch for me, though. I'm going to have you. Oh yeah. Your considerable weight to get me a meeting with the head. Use all my my mighty clout to get you to get you a meeting next week. No problem. <laughs> yeah. So now we're in jail. Yeah. Well, this has been delightful. I'd love to have you back on the show again. Well, yeah, no, it's been really good fun, Callum. Thank you very much. And um, if 
when you think I've got something worth talking about, I'm happy to come back. And uh, yeah, no problem. Maybe I can come back and talk to you when the when the book's ready to go. I'll, I'll talk to you about the uh, yeah, fandom. Very well. Uh, when the when the book next year is ready to go, you know, looking at the fall and rise of Transformers and the uh, role that fans and fanzines had in keeping it going, I'll um, I can talk to you about that perhaps. Yeah, that sounds really fun. And I like to do, you know, the first episode that I have a guest on as like the introduction episode. It's the, who is this character? Oh, this is their, uh, this is their whole thing, you know? And like, so my listeners know who you are and then, you know, listener fans of yours come on and they know who I am. Then this, you know, second, third guest appearance, right? We could just do dumb, weird, minute detail. We could, we could spend a whole episode being like, so should Rodimus have a hairstyle? No, you know, we could be like. Uh, character dialogue or fanzine yeah. and, and writing your own fan fiction right you know there's like literally infinite possibilities to talk about about comics so i i'm definitely looking forward to having some guests back on oh good stuff well like i say it's been a pleasure and and i hope i hope listeners got something out of it but uh good to talk to you good to talk to you as well take care man thank take you care. Till next time. yeah bye-bye Bye. Thank you for watching the video. If you enjoyed it, please remember to subscribe to my channel and hit the notification bell to be notified of my future uploads. You can also leave a like and comment below to let me know what you think of this video. And if you're a fan of my comic, Siblings of Steel, you can read it on my website, Webtoon, and Instagram. All the links are in the description below. If you want to support me and get access to exclusive content and early access to my videos, consider becoming a member of my Patreon community. Once again, thank you for watching, and I'll see you in the next one.